You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. After a long day, you crawl into bed exhausted. Rain taps rhythmically at your window, easing you softly into sleep. Suddenly, your eyes widen. There's a sound in your room that wasn't there before. The sound of heavy breathing, and it's coming from under your bed. Enjoy these allegedly true scary bedtime stories with the serene sounds of a thunderstorm. One, My Friend Under My Bed by Krista. For the longest time growing up, my parents usually read me bedtime stories before I would fall asleep. However, when I got older, my dad was too busy working three different jobs to see me go to bed. At the time, I had the typical childhood fear of the dark, so much so, nightlights were a common thing I'd beg for. On this particular night, my mom was out somewhere. I don't remember specifically where, but she left my brother and I home alone. We were seven years apart in age, so it was difficult to interact with him. It was close to my bedtime, and I begged my brother to read me a story before I went to bed. He curled his nose at me and shook his head. Aren't you a bit old for that, he said. At the time, I was probably six or seven, so maybe he did have a point. But my nightlight went out. Can you leave the light on at least? He rolled his eyes at me at this point, then shut the door. I had my blankets up past my nose, and I stared around the dark room. My mind was playing tricks on me, making all the shadow shapes into monsters. Just then, I actually did see something, something standing in the corner of my room, a figure of a very tall man. I was still for a while, until I had a sudden rush of energy it was now or never, I thought, as I dashed out of bed and turned on the closet light. It wasn't bright enough to fill the whole room, but just enough to see that there was a man in the corner of my room. I thought he'd disappear when the lights came on, just another fearful trick of my eyes. But when I looked back at the figure, he was more than there. He was apparent, skin gray, black hair slicked down eyes like dark shadows. He stared down at me. Then he began to smile, revealing nasty, crooked teeth, teeth that were more similar to a cat's. I remember him speaking to me. Aren't you supposed to be in bed? I remember looking back at him, curious and scared. I was clutching hard at the little rope on my PJ pants, how do you know what my bedtime is? I asked him. I was terrified. He laughed at me, then said the oddest thing I've ever heard. I know all bedtimes. When he laughed, 
I jumped into the closet and shut the door, not wanting to be in the room with him anymore. I stayed up for the rest of the night, listening closely to my bedroom. There were no noises, not until my brother came in in the morning. When I heard him, I came out of the closet, making him give me a weird expression on his face. I tried to tell him about the man in my room, but he didn't believe me, saying that no one else is in the house. For a long time after that, I was even more scared of the dark, scared that I'd see the man again, and even scared that I'd dream of him. I don't know if he was real, but I do know and remember just how terrifying the experience was. Two, The Little Girl in My House by Carolina. My two sisters and I were in our own beds, and my nanny was with us at the moment, telling us a bedtime story. At that point in time, I was facing towards my nanny, who was sat on the bed at the right. I was listening to the story, when from the corner of my eye, I saw a young girl in the room with us. She had long, dark hair and a white gown. It seemed like she came out of the bathroom and was headed to the bed on the far left side. I whipped my head around to catch a glance at the thing, but it was gone. I initially thought it could have been my little sister who slept in the other bed, but when I looked over at her, she was already in bed, almost half asleep with the blankets tucked in. She couldn't have done that so quickly. Who was that little girl? I never saw her again, just on that night. And sometimes, I do feel a presence when I'm alone in that house. I want to know who she was, but I don't want to see her again. Three, The Uninvited Stranger by Aaron. This story happened to my mother back when she was just 14. It will be told from her point of view. At the time, my parents, my sister and I, were in the process of moving across the country. And when this incident occurred, we were just days away from leaving our old home for our new one. This meant that just about everything we owned had already been packed up into boxes and shipped off to the new house. So we ended up spending our final few nights curled up in sleeping bags on the floor. My sister Roxanne and I were sleeping together in one bedroom while our parents slept across the hall in another. It was during the summertime, and since we didn't have air conditioning at the time, we would regularly leave our bedroom window cracked open in order to relieve some of the stuffiness that filled the house during those months. Our house was a single story, and our bedroom faced the front yard. You might be thinking that this wasn't a very wise decision given the circumstances, but we spent many nights before this the exact same way and never had a problem, not until this horrifying encounter. I recall it was somewhere around 1 a.m. when I was suddenly jolted awake. I was utterly confused as to what awoke me, so I laid still and silent while slowly scanning my surroundings. We lived in a fairly rural neighborhood at the time, so this meant that there was hardly any light pollution outside, nor any street lights to illuminate the inside of our bedroom. 
This made it nearly impossible to see anything clearly, as it was almost totally pitch black. I remember feeling that something was off. The air just felt wrong somehow. That was when I glanced up towards the window and noticed it was now wide open. Though I was sensing something wasn't right, in my groggy state of mind, seeing this only confused me. As I lay there trying to make sense of it, my heart suddenly seized in my chest when I heard the very distinct sound of one of our bedroom's floorboards creaking from a change in pressure. For a split moment, I was in a total panic until it suddenly hit me that this was probably Roxanne screwing with me. You see, she and I were always pranking one another growing up, pulling pranks like trying to scare the crap out of me in the middle of the night. It was something she definitely enjoyed doing, so I decided to foil her plans by catching her right in the act. I ever so slowly made my way out of my sleeping bag and over to the wall with the light switch. After feeling around for a moment, I finally located it, and without hesitation, I flipped on the light. I couldn't tell you then, and I can't tell you now, what I was experiencing at that moment, but if I had to put it into words, I would say that I was immediately flooded with complete and utter terror at what was in front of me. Only about six feet away in our room, there was an absolute mountain of a man, a stranger over six feet tall and easily more than 200 pounds. He was dressed from head to toe in black clothing and was kneeling over Roxanne with his arms outstretched, hovering over her, looking at her as if he was ready to strike her or take her at any second, all while she lay there totally unaware of his presence, unconscious. But the second that light filled the room, the man snapped his head up in my direction, his attention now fixed firmly on me as I stood there, completely petrified. I hardly had any time to react, because once his eyes fell on me, he was immediately on his feet and lunging at me. The man slammed me against the wall with such force that it nearly knocked the wind right out of my lungs but thankfully, the massive amount of adrenaline that had surged through me allowed me to still scream my head off. He began to aggressively rip and tear at my nightgown in an attempt to remove it, all while my sister sat up and began shrieking. The man didn't get very far with this before the bedroom door flew open and my father came charging into the room with my mom following close behind. He charged the man who was then forced to release his grasp on me. My dad then attempted to subdue the man. Unfortunately, the intruder was a bit larger than my father, and after several intense minutes, the two of them struggling, my dad was slammed against the wall hard, knocking him unconscious. The moment he fell to the floor, my mother sprang into action. The intruder didn't even see it coming when she rushed up behind him and jumped onto his massive back, she wrapped her arms around his neck and began digging her rather long fingernails into the skin of his neck, all the while biting his shoulder as hard as she could. I swear that had to have been what she did. Considering how long she stayed like that, latched to him, it was like she had locked her jaw into place. The man rammed into the walls around him, trying to fling my mother off, 
The entire time, Roxanne and I were huddled in the corner of the room crying and terrified. It's crazy how when you're experiencing something traumatic, time seems to stand still. Eventually, the man was able to flip my mom off of him before promptly and clumsily stumbling back out of the window, which is probably where he entered. This was obviously long before cell phones, and because we were so close to moving, we didn't have our telephones set up, so my mother ran to the neighbor's house to call the police. In the end, we survived and recovered from our violent encounter. Luckily, the man was caught not too long following the intrusion. It's amazing to know that my very mellow, down-to-earth parents took on a monster of a man so many years ago and managed to win the battle. I'm not sure why he didn't have a weapon with him, but I'm grateful that he didn't. Four, moving shadows in a nightlight lit room by Colin. When I was a kid, I was very, very afraid of the dark. Due to what I saw that night, I still kind of am, to be honest. I always had a nightlight plugged into the wall next to my bedroom door. Due to having cats that would spray everything, my older sister and I had to have our bedroom door shut at night. I used to have one of those standard, can throw everything under the bed and have a clean floor kind of beds that was above the floor mostly. But since this event, I've gotten a new bed with no openings underneath, just a drawer, and that's for a very good reason. One morning when I was younger, it was still dark outside and I had just woke up from a heavy sleep. My bed was positioned to where my feet aimed at the door and my head was the furthest part away from it and it was near the window. I had what my mother referred to as a headache pillow which sat between me and the edge of the bed. So when you had a headache, you could rest your head on it at the side of the headache so that you could help it go away, or just from keeping you from falling off the bed and gaining a new headache. Well, after I had woken up, I looked around my room lazily and then noticed a movement in my peripheral vision. I glanced over and stopped paralyzed, wide-eyed. On my headache pillow, slowly crawling, kind of like a spider, was a black, shadowy, sharply pointed fingered hand moving upward towards my wall and my regular pillows. It appeared to be reaching from underneath my bed. I kept staring right at it, the light from my nightlight making sure I didn't lose sight of it until it slowly brushed itself back under the bed. The rest of that morning, I did not go back to sleep and I had school the next day. I waited until I heard my father get up, but I was still too afraid to call out to him. I knew it couldn't have been my older sister playing a prank on me, because I heard her get up that morning, and my door hadn't opened all night. I'd seen things two other times when I was younger after that, both at my bed's footboard, between the wooden designs. One looked like a playful cat's tail flicking about, and I know our only cat wasn't in my closed room. The other either looked like a blunted shark's fin or maybe a bald, shadowed head. I couldn't tell which. I simply know I was on high alert every time I saw something like that. Now, though, I'm doing all right, 
so long as I have another living being in my room with me. But I never wish to be in another room, dark or otherwise, alone. And I will never again own a bed that goes above the floor. The last thing I want is something hiding under it. Five, Safe and Sound by Side Mare. I want to start off by saying that I live alone in my one bedroom apartment and did also at the time of this incident. I'm not sure incident is the correct word here. I honestly have no idea what this was and I hope no one will be looking for closure because you just like me will not have any. I'd fallen asleep around noon one day. I work nights and get off around mid-morning. Sometimes I'm a light sleeper and other times not so light. I used to always leave my phone charging beside me while listening to music from it to help me sleep. I later checked and it was around 6 p.m. when I woke up, rather when something woke me up. When I did wake up, I was lying on my stomach it's kind of weird as I normally fall asleep on my stomach and always wake up on my back. And another weird thing was my headphones were still in and my music was going. Again, I toss and turn a lot in my sleep, causing my headphones to fall out. The song Safe and Sound by Capital Cities was playing ironically enough. It was towards the end of the song. With as much as I've listened to it over and over, I know the song much like the back of my own hand. At that point, I was wide awake, so I knew that this next part was not a dream. I felt a numbness start at the top of my head. It was like a numb sensation being pressed into me. Slowly, it made its way down my body all the way to my toes. Let me clarify that it moved down my body. It didn't cover my body all at once. Simply, one specific area got numb and then moved down. It kind of felt like one of those kitchen rolling pins, like someone took one of those and started with my head and slowly moved it down my body. Once it got to my toes, it moved back up to my head. For some reason, the song wouldn't end either. It got to the end part, but would just repeat, not over from the beginning, rather in random places, and each time it would last longer than before, despite starting in a different section. I was in complete shock. It may not sound scary or terrifying, but believe me, it was. I laid there with my eyes closed, pretending to be asleep, still hoping who or whatever was doing this to me wouldn't notice I was awake. After maybe 20 minutes, I finally built up the courage to get up and look around. I expected to see something there, a ghostly entity, some demonic creature, but there was nothing. I was alone, and my room was still fairly dark, with barely any light coming in from under my bedroom door. I quickly grabbed my phone to check the status of the music. No, it wasn't on repeat, and when the song finished this time, it went on like usual to the next track. I hastily pulled out my earphones, wanting that creepy, never-ending song out of my head. My room was silent, and nothing was out of place. I ended up deleting that song from my phone for a while, being so perplexed and creeped out from what happened. 
It never happened again, thank God. And I still have no idea what caused it. No, I was never paralyzed. As I said, I was able to get up when I chose to. So what made this happen, I doubt I'll ever know. Six, A Creepy Night by Willow Sage. I was babysitting my sister's kids for some extra cash. Their names were Jack and Joseph. Jack was begging me for ice cream, so I gave him some. It was around that time that I began to get a weird feeling in my stomach, and I couldn't figure out what it was. I took the kids on a quick trip to my place to get some clothes for the night and my makeup bag, among other things. Due to my schedule, I wasn't able to bring them with me. Anyway, at about 9.30, I gave the kids baths, made dinner with my brother's help, and put them to bed. After that, I washed my face, then watched a bit of television. I was getting sleepy fast. In the backyard, I heard something creak, and then there was the sound of shuffling. I immediately messaged my brother, who said that he didn't see anything, but he went ahead and locked all the doors while I continued to watch TV. But I kept hearing a tapping sound, which was odd, because everyone else was asleep. I turned on the light, because I started to get a little bit scared, and as soon as I laid back down, I saw something that looked like my nephew running past. My nephew and my sister were in New Mexico for the weekend, so I definitely knew it wasn't him. I decided to message my mother. She said it was probably my imagination, and I decided she was right. A few minutes passed, and I was getting really hungry, and I wasn't ready to go to bed just yet. I got up and went to get some chips and dip. And when I came back, I heard steps behind me, and I swear something was watching me. I couldn't move for a few seconds out of fear. I grabbed the knife on the nearby table, then turned around, quickly, only to see that no one was there. I put the knife back down, grabbed my phone, and woke up my brother, telling him to come over. My mom decided to send my other brother over as well because she was worried about me. The other brother arrived, and he asked if we left the gates open. I knew we didn't, because we made sure we didn't. Now I was freaking out, and even more so when my other brother said that when he looked out the window, he swore he saw me running around the backyard. He said it was someone that looked exactly like me. For the rest of the night, they stayed there with me. So they were there as well when the loud stomping came. We couldn't find where it was coming from, and it simply stopped from nowhere, just like it started. I don't know what was going on, but I don't want to babysit them again, unless they come over to my place. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Do you believe in monsters? And given the chance, would you be brave enough to track one down on your own? In June's journey, people are the true monsters, and you can live the story yourself rather than sitting back and listening to one. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. 
Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too, in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 7. Strangers at My Door by Ashley I was 21, and I had CPS custody of my two cousins, and I also took care of my elderly grandfather while my mother worked. My mom was working for an auditing company, and she would sometimes, depending on the location she was assigned to, come home at around 3 to 5 a.m., so that meant I was in charge of putting the kids to sleep. I don't live in a bad neighborhood, but it's certainly not a neighborhood you'd want to walk around alone at night. I live in a house at the corner of my street, next to a major intersection, so it was not uncommon that we had weirdos coming to our house at crazy times of the night or morning. This one week in particular, my grandfather had gone to bed early, like he often does, I had just put the kids down to sleep around nine. I always keep the kitchen and living room light off since the only light I need is the hallway light and my bedroom. It was 1 a.m. and I was sitting in my room doing homework when my doorbell rang. This caused my dog to start barking, so I quickly got him to shush so he would not wake the kids. Then I went to the front door which was located in the kitchen I did not turn a light on because I didn't want to let the person know I was there just yet. When I looked out the window, they already had their back to me and they were walking down my carport. I went to my living room window to see where they were going and it appeared that they got into a dark car that was parked outside my living room window. They didn't have their headlights on, so the car was dark until they took off where I could see their taillights flash red and I knew they purposely had their lights off to stay hidden, and that was definitely suspicious. I wasn't necessarily afraid, though. I didn't know what they wanted. I mean, I wasn't going to answer the door anyway, but they didn't even give me time to answer. This happened for four consecutive nights in a row. It was always the same thing. I'd walk to the door, but before I could peek out, they would be walking away. It wasn't until I realized that they were scoping out my house to see if anyone was home. They only knew I was home because I would have to pass the living room window and they'd see my shadow walk past. Now, my grandmother had a screen placed on the window so that people could see out, but never in. And well, I guess it wasn't as effective as she thought. 
I assumed there were two people involved, one to ring the door and another to look out in the car. The fourth time this happened, I informed my mother. She in turn contacted our neighbor, who lived across the street, to keep an eye out. On the fourth night, nothing happened. However, I was told the following day that they had come by, but my neighbor intercepted them before they even got out of their car. He told them, you have no business with that family. Get out of here. And they drove off. Thankfully, they never came back. I guess I could say, if I didn't think anything more of it, I could have been moments away from being robbed, or worse, because you don't know a person's intentions until they're acting them out. As far as I knew, their intentions could have been far worse than simply breaking in and stealing something. Eight, My Apartment by Nella H. I was 20 years old and pregnant. I had just moved back to my hometown after leaving my abusive ex. I began dating my childhood friend, Kay. After a few months of being together, we moved into an apartment. It had two bedrooms and one bath, and it was a cozy little place. Things didn't go wrong until a month after we moved in. Kay was always working, so I'd be left home alone, which I was not happy with. But what could you do? It started off as little things. Knocking sounds, hearing voices, things being misplaced and lost. After my daughter was born, it gradually turned into bigger things. Doors slamming and our TVs and consoles turning on and off. Another four or five months living there, and it got worse. I was home alone with the baby at one point, just getting her down for a nap. I turned on a show and laid down, got comfy and sleepy. I started to doze off when I suddenly heard a crash coming from the kitchen. I jumped up, thinking someone had broke in. I run into the kitchen. There was a jug of juice that was sitting on the counter, but it was now in the middle of the floor, spinning and tilting and moving like crazy, as if someone had hit it as hard as possible. I called Kay, freaking out, and he said it was fine, that it probably just slid off. But it couldn't have. The bottom of it was flat, and so was the surface of the counter, of course. If it was on the middle of the counter, the only way it could fall off is if someone did that to it. Kay didn't listen, and I tried to get it out of my head. We're still living in the same apartment, and just four days ago, I was again trying to get the baby down for a nap. She was in her crib, our two puppies outside in the yard, and I was in the bedroom dozing off while trying to play Ark on the PS4. Then there was another crash in the kitchen, a shattering sound. I didn't even jump that time after everything that's happened. I sat there for a few moments, contemplating whether or not I wanted to know what got thrown this time. I finally got up and went to the kitchen. There was glass everywhere. Literally, the floor was completely covered in about a half-inch layer of glass. I sighed and started cleaning it up. When I thought I was done cleaning it, I went back to my bedroom, but that's when I noticed something disturbing. In front of each doorway, placed perfectly in the center, were single, sharp pieces of glass sitting there, 
as if placed in a way that if we walked through the doorway, we would hurt ourselves. One directly in front of the bathroom, one in front of the baby's bedroom, and one in front of our bedroom. It was bizarre, and it really creeped me out, especially when the baby woke up and went straight to laughing. I honestly don't know what to do about all of this, and I'm thinking about calling the church to get my apartment and my daughter blessed. Nine, it wasn't my foster brother by Angela S. I was 17 years old. It was about 18 years back. The house we lived in was super small and two stories. My foster brother Isaiah and I had the two rooms upstairs across the hall from one another. The ceilings were peaked, so the tallest point was the center of the room. It was hunting season, and Isaiah was an avid hunter. One morning early buck season, I woke up to the feeling of being watched. My back was towards the bedroom door. It was extremely early in the morning, and it was still dark out, but I had enough light that I could make things out around the room. As I lay there, still with my back to the door, the feeling of being watched is growing. I couldn't resist the urge to turn around and look. I roll over onto my back, not expecting to see anything, only to see a figure standing right in front of me. At first, I was relieved because I thought it was Isaiah trying to scare me before he went out hunting early. He did that sometimes. I was about to yell at him and ask what he wanted when something inside me told me it wasn't him even though he was dressed like he would if he was going out. The figure just stood there for a few minutes. My heart was pounding, and I wanted to run but couldn't because the figure was in the doorway. So I waited. I was watching through the corner of my eye now, fearful that if I looked right at it, it might step closer. It was already only a few feet away from me. Then, to what seemed to be my luck, the sun started to peek through the window and the thing was gone, just like that. I jumped from my bed, still wanting to believe it was Isaiah messing with me. I ran across the hallway to his room where he and his cousin who happened to stay the night with him were still sound asleep. I was so scared that I had to wake him up and tell him what had just happened. That figure never made another appearance in my room and Isaiah swears up and down that it wasn't him. And 10, Haunts of Forest Avenue by Frenchie Friday. My house is the oldest on my block and the closest to the forest around our little dead end road. I usually have to stay home alone for long periods of time. And here's some curious little background on this land. 13 or 14 years ago, before my family moved in, a young girl, not even in her teens, was kidnapped and taken to the woods. She was only found much later, her body defiled, and she was no longer alive. Anyway, my story happened over the summer of my ninth grade year, and I always wondered if my story has anything to do with the one I just told you. The first few days of summer that year were normal, the occasional bump and door moving. One night, my best friend was over. Let's call her toxic. She was in the living room and I was walking out of my room 
when suddenly the door to the bedroom across from mine slowly opened. My parents were asleep upstairs, and my brother was at his friend's house, so it was just me and her sleeping downstairs, and no one should be able to open that door. I raised an eyebrow and went to close it, but when I went over, I heard whispering coming from inside. I backed off and went to sit with Toxic, believing I should just leave it alone. The night went on peacefully, but then the door closed on its own and the knocks began again. We watched a movie, resort specifically. Around 3 a.m., I felt something pressing against my chest, as if something was sitting on me. I opened my eyes to see nothing. I raised my voice, groggily saying, Ugh, get off of me. But then I heard a voice, a scratchy female voice, say, Now! I spoke again, saying that I couldn't breathe, but what responded now was an animalistic growl. I could hear it from across the room, but the weight finally did lift. I sighed in relief and set up, making it hard for something to do that again. I was horrified when I realized what happened. Around five weeks later, my friend was back over again and we were hanging out in my room. We were chatting and just laughing when she suddenly tripped. There was nothing around her to cause her to fall and it wasn't a misstep. I then heard the same growl that I'd heard before coming from under my bed and I jumped off of it. Toxic jumped up as well, telling me that she saw a black arm reaching out for her. After that experience, we stayed in the living room that night. The last few days of summer were nothing scary. This activity seemed to die down. Until one night, Toxic and I were sitting on the porch of my house. It was once again night, and my parents were asleep. We were baking a cake and waiting for it to finish, when I just so happened to look towards the woods. There, floating about 10 feet off the ground, was a white orb. It was around the size of a football. It stayed there for about one minute before disappearing. Later, another orb, the same size, appeared much higher into the left. I panicked and grabbed Toxic's arm, rushing back inside. We went into my brother's room and distracted ourselves with Minecraft. Well, Toxic was. I was busy watching out the window and staring at those orbs. That was all for that summer, but the activity still hasn't stopped. We live within fences, within thick walls, hoping that will protect us when we shut our eyes and slowly become unconscious, because that's when we're the most vulnerable, and it's often when the most predators are out. But these predators know this, whether they're other humans or animals, or even something supernatural. So when you shut your eyes to sleep, just remember that at this very moment, all the scary, deadly activity is on the rise, and you could be the next victim. Good night. Be sure to like, share, comment, and subscribe if you enjoyed the video. And don't forget, you can send me your scary stories at darknessprevails.org submit. If you want to support my channel further, get my free app Spooked on the Google Play Store. It has all my videos and stories in one place. Donate one buck a month on Patreon and get your name in the credits of these videos or click the merchandise below.
If you don't see the merchandise below the video, go to morbidmonsters.com and get some creepy cool shirts and merchandise. Now, as usual, here are my five favorite early comments from the previous video about 10 creepy camping stories. Cringemaster69 says, my crippling boredom is now cured. And that's great and all, but what about the AIDS? Nishant Tiwari says, my night partner. That sounds kinky. Just don't tell my wife. She doesn't like it when I scare other girls. Grenade Jumper says, do you like my chemical romance? Yes, I do. Thanks for reminding me because I forgot about them for forever. Glitter Dragon says, remember to keep an eye out for the sea bears, guys. No worries, I draw a sea bear circle everywhere I sit. And Demonetized Car washes back with, I believe the horror genre has gone downhill lately. Are there any good horror movies or games you've enjoyed recently? I really enjoyed Fran Bow, an underrated and gothic style horror classic that no one should miss. Check it out on Steam, or you can even play it on your Android or iPhone. As for movies, those are really hit and miss. Annihilation was amazing, and so was The Quiet Place, but I suppose there won't be many good horror films until next year, or until the genre goes viral, like it did when creepypastas were huge. I wish I'd get so many subs. Anyways, guys, thanks so much for listening. More scary videos are coming soon, so stay tuned. Here are the credits to some of my favorite people, my patrons who continue to donate and support my channel. Until next time, stay safe out there, especially since it's the 4th of July, and stay creepy. Thank you.